What's up, everyone? Just want to say thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of The Core Cast. We have a really great episode, really special episode this week. We sat down with the founder of Road to College Golf, Ted Gleason. Uh, we talked about his experience both as a college golfer, a coach, and how he's brought that into Road to College Golf, where he mentors a lot of young junior golfers. We talked about the importance of cultivating positive daily habits and making sure that what you're doing every day matches the goals you want to achieve. And then finally, we talked about the role fitness plays as a golfer and as a lifelong athlete. So this is a really great episode. I think you guys are going to have a lot of great stuff from it. So with that, let's get started. This is the CoreCast by Anchor Health and Fitness. Welcome in, everyone, to another episode of the CoreCast. As usual, I'm your host, Mike Carlson, and today joined by a super special guest. He's the founder of Road to College Golf and a former college golfer and golf coach, Ted Gleason. Thanks so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. My pleasure, Mike. It's uh, always fun to connect with you and uh, your family and means so much to me. And I'm looking forward to and excited to talk with you, uh, golf, fitness and all things sports. Well, we're excited to have you on it. And this is definitely one that I circled on the calendar as, as soon as we got it um, booked. I you say that to everybody, Mike. Come no, on. No, no, no. Hey, <laughs> we, we have good guests on the show from all walks of life. But this one I was really excited for because I, I think you have a great story. And, and really, I just want to start with like, give me your comic book number one. What's, you know, tell me about what you were like as a kid, how you got into golf and, and really just give me the start of your story. Wow. Thanks. Well, it's always sentimental to go back to that, that place because that involves my dad. Um, and my dad is the one who, who got me started. And it's kind of an interesting tidbit. You know, he played college football actually um, in South at Southeastern Louisiana and grew up in the small town in Iowa. Golf was not in the picture at all for anybody at that mm-hmm. time. And then as he got older um, and he got into work and business, he got introduced to golf at 28. And so very late. Um, and then he always had told himself, if I have kids, I'm going to introduce them to the game. And so when we came along, we were two and three, and he'd take us out in the evenings on the cart course. We were not knowing what we were doing when we were that young and picking up golf balls and all those kind of things. And, um, you know, his love for the game really got transferred to me. And it was, I think my, I quickly found that was a great way to spend time with my dad. And he would come home from work. Uh, when I was, you know, growing up in Illinois and I was five, six, seven, eight years old when I was old enough to go out, we'd go actually then start playing. So I started playing at five or six and it'd be our time. And we'd take the whole family out, my mom, my brother, and we all go play. And it's funny because my mom and brother, they loved it. And they'd kind of, we'd drop them off and there was, it was getting dark. And then my dad and I, he and I would just go till pitch dark. Um, yeah. And so I just, I just fell in love with the game, Mike. And it's because of my dad and I'm super grateful for that. And I think he, he saw it as a game where super humbling. Um, mm-hmm. You always are proving yourself. Um, and he also saw it a way to connect with his boys and his kids and, and also business. And he knew that, you know, golf really kind of paralleled life and that you're going to fall down. Yep. Uh, you got to get up, you gonna go through emotions. Um, and anyway, I can go on and on about that, but I, all the reasons that he wanted to instill in me to play golf, I, I, I really fell in love with and I'm so grateful for. That's awesome. And, and, and what was the moment? Because obviously, as you're growing up, you're playing a lot of different sports, you're being exposed to a lot of different things. And, and you really ended up playing golf at a, a high level, and you still do play at a really high level. 
what that's was questionable. <laughs> that's questionable, by the way. Well, go ahead. What was what was the moment where you decided, okay, this is going to be the sport that I'm going to play, you know, in college. This is the sport that I'm I'm going to yeah. now really dedicate my life to. Great, great question. So growing up in Illinois, you know, the, the neat thing that I look back on, and it's not as common anymore because kids just play one sport, but one of the things that really we had to do in Illinois in the wintertime, we had to find other things to do. So, you know, my parents, we were members of the local Y and we played basketball, mm -hmm. we did wrestling, we did floor hockey, um, we did tennis in the summer as well. So I thought it was really cool that I got exposed to all those sports. Um, when we moved out to California when I was 12, um, I still was very involved in basketball and I played four years of high school basketball actually um, along with golf. But when I came out to California, Mike, um, and I started competing in the Southern California Junior Golf Association tournaments and, and those kind of things. I really, I think the bug really hit me because I could play all year long, whereas before I was really only exposed to it. And I found out quickly that I never got bored of it. And then I wanted more of it. And I, yeah. I didn't know that in Illinois because I was always moving from one sport to the other. But when I got out to California, you know, I really feel like when I was 12, 13 years old, um, my love for the game just really increased. And I was like, I want to keep doing this. And then my dad um, hooked me up uh, with a swing instructor. When we moved out, he was trying to figure out, hey, my son really loves golf. And my dad was an investigator. He was always asking questions and he wanted to try to expose me to as, as good as many opportunities as possible. So yeah, everybody called said, go take him to Mr. Eddie Marins. And yeah. so yep. that's what happened. Mr. Eddie Marins, for those of you in the golf world, he's Longtime pro at Bel Air. Now he's the pro emeritus, um, was a coach at UCLA. And so starting at 12 years old, my dad would drive me to Bel Air twice a month. Um, and I'd work with Mr. Marins um, twice a month. And, and that really fueled my love for the game as well. Just the way he coached me, the way he taught me, um, the confidence he instilled in me. And like, like, here's a guy that was the UCLA coach at the time. And he made me feel like I had some, you know, potential if I could work hard. Yeah. And so that was really Mike, the kind of the, the time frame that like, man, I, I think I really want to keep playing. And I had dreams of, you know, playing professionally, even at that time. Um, so that was really the impetus of me deciding, Hey, I want to really do this. And I played basketball, like I said, but it was for fun. Uh, mm -hmm. I was, I was scrappy. I certainly wasn't good enough to, to play at a high level, but it was a great outlet for me actually um, as well. And it complimented, you know, a team sport and then golf yeah. is obviously an individual. Well, I, you bring up a good point. And we've talked to a, a lot of different athletes from, you know, basketball guards to baseball pitchers. We've talked to a lot of different trainers. You know, we had, we talked to a hockey player about a month ago and, and the interesting theme that's come up and, and you brought it up is playing a lot of different sports. You know, we, we talked to one hockey player and, you know, he was a guy who hit above 400 his senior year, but then, you know, turned around and was drafted by the Carolina hurricanes, you know, a couple mm -hmm. months later. So, how did that improve you as a golfer playing a lot of different sports? Did it in, in what ways, you know, I'd, I'd interested to hear more about that since that's something that's come wow. up across the board. Great, great question. And, and like I said, I wish kids could feel like they could do more of that these days. You know, it's, you, you're so singled out to a certain sport just because it's so competitive and, you know, the information is out there, but for my case and what I always tell my clients, I think playing another sport does a lot of things. I mean, it gets yeah. you, it gets you, first of all, understanding what preparation is about, understanding what competition is about, understanding how to be adaptable, um, understanding, you know, different techniques to motivate yourself, inspire yourself, getting coached by different people, 
Um, and obviously using your body in different ways, right? I mean, mm -hmm. if you play different sports, you got to engage different parts of your body. And I just think it makes you more adaptable. I mean, I look yeah. at that as like, it was such a neat thing for me to go from a team sport to an individual sport uh, and be able to combine those kind of experiences and get the most out of myself. And, you know, you feel, you feel different vibes. Like in basketball, you can run faster, try harder. In golf, mm -hmm. you can't, right? You really yeah. got to kind of slow yourself down. So I like the fact that different sports um, require different adaptability, adaptable skills. And then just from a fitness standpoint, I got to, I got to tell you that, um, you know, I, I thought about coming on here and I thought about fitness and, mm -hmm. um, you know, when I was in college, they didn't have TPI, they didn't have these extraordinary golf fitness programs. But what really I think I got out of fitness were a fewfold. One is I just really felt good about myself. I, yeah. And I think that that is so important and, and playing other sports, you can get that confidence and feel good about yourself when you're in shape and you're active Mm -hmm. You just feel more confident. You believe in yourself. And, and fitness gave me that in college. And I, you know, it's funny. I, I, I used to work out when I first met your dad in college. Yeah. He and I used to go work out together. We run Drake Stadium together. Yeah. And, and we work out together. And, uh, and fitness is, you know, I know golfers, you know, used to be, okay, they're not athletes. But if you see now, I mean, all of them are athletes. And you look on the senior tour and you see all these flat bellies now. And they know how to extend their careers longer because they're fit. Mm -hmm. uh, because they take care of their body. Um, so I think playing sports and being fit is such a mental thing too, let alone the physical, just feeling, you know, stronger. Um, I love it for the mental aspect. Totally. And, and we're going to kind of move around a little bit and you kind of have help with this next segue here. So I appreciate you help me with my job on that one. That, that really, <laughs> uh, that's really helpful. You, you talk a lot about how the game has, has changed from, from then to now. And, and I'd be interested to get your perspective because you did coach at, you know, two major programs in, in USC and SMU. Tell me about that as a coach. Was that something mm -hmm. that, you know, you then in, in not enforced, that's not the right word, but is that something you preach to your players being physically fit? Was that something at the time that was still new? I, 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 talk yeah, talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. yeah I, I got to tell you when I, because, because being fit, um, I want to get to, I'll just share, I want to get it a little into my story in college, but go for it. Yeah. But, but I want to, but I want to connect on this point first, because what happened to me in college really made me reinforce the fitness part to my players. And, and mm -hmm. a big part of it, when I got to SMU, not only the fitness, but breathing, meditation, visualization. So kind of the holistic approach to that whole thing I, I really felt was important. And I, I would go in and I'd work out with my guys. That's how important it was to me. If I told them at 6 a.m. we had a workout, I'm not sitting there with my cup of coffee watching them. I'm really getting in there. And I was young back then, obviously, when I started. But I wanted them to understand how important that I felt being in shape was. And the other part of that is it's competition. So when you get in a group, you're competing. I always wanted to compete. And I always wanted them to compete. And that doesn't mean everybody had to run the fastest or lift the most. It's just that you're trying to push yourself. And I loved mm -hmm. fitness for that component. So, yes, it was something that I strongly reinforced because if, if I could get them to be mentally stronger in the weight room, then I know from my own experience that would transfer when on our 36 whole days when we're carrying our own clubs and they're struggling. I'm like, you know, if they're used to, it's a habit. Everything's a habit, right? And yeah. so – everything you do in your life is going to spill over to the other areas. And I used fitness to me to galvanize the team one. Mm -hmm. 
because you're coming together. Even if they didn't like me because of the workouts and they were mad and all that, they didn't like me together. But mm -hmm. I was in there trying to trying to beat them and compete with them. So I used our workouts for galvanizing our group, team chemistry, building our culture, building the toughness, um, the mental toughness of our kids, the strength, obviously, of them. And it was it was a huge part to me of the yeah. success that we had. And, and also, you know, I just thought it was the, the right thing to do for our our sport to be the best we could be. So I used fitness as a, as a key component to our programs. Gotcha. And now let's, let's go back. Cause you, you kind of alluded to there. Tell me a little bit about your experience in college yeah. and, and how that influenced that. Cause I, I think that's an important kind of through line and a, and a connecting line in all of this. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when, when I was recruited to UCLA um, by Mr. Marins, actually, um, I was on a half scholarship and I went there and they had just won, Mike, they had won the NCAA championships in the uh, spring of 1988. So I started in the okay. fall of 88. So I'm coming on the heels of that uh, guy that you guys would know in Colorado, Brant Job, played on that NCAA championship yep. team. He's now on the senior PGA Tour. He was a, an anchor on that team along with, uh, obviously, some other great players. Um, so I'm coming in on the heels of that. I think I'm pretty good. I quickly realized, wow, these guys are good. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to need some time to figure out, you know, how I can, how I can play at that level. So I redshirted my first year. Gotcha. Well, Mr. Marin's retired after that first year. Um, so I got a new coach that came in and what mm -hmm. I'm about to say is it had nothing to do with the new coach. It had everything to do with me. Um, but I started messing with my golf swing and I started gotcha. getting too technical and, and I went wayward. Mm -hmm. And in fact, during my second year in practice, I shot 93-94 in practice. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. So, so, and I, I, I get literally, I'll get like chills thinking about this because it, yeah. it's, it's super poignant time in my life, uh, Mike. And I was just, a, I was just no self-esteem. In fact, my self-esteem was tied to my golf score, which is not what you want. Mm -hmm. um, and I was defined by Ted, the golfer. And so I had to learn how to, to separate that. But anyways, I go through that 93, 94 and I just said, I'm done. And I was going to, I was, I told the coach, I want some time off. I don't want to be a part of this now. I just, it's too much for me to handle. Mm -hmm. Um, so I did some soul search. I started working with a psychologist on campus about the mental game. And that's when I got exposed to that. Then I started to work, started to work out a little bit and started to get back in that. Cause I, I was at that time, I wasn't in great shape and I just wasn't feeling good about myself. So the guy I was working with, the psychologist said, you know, get, you're an athlete, get, get back out and just start running and doing push-ups and stuff like that and sit-ups. And so I started doing that and I took yeah. a couple months off from the team. Mm -hmm. And so I go back at the end of that year and I tell the coach that, hey, I'm, I do want to come back. I want to finish out the year, last couple mm -hmm. months. He said, that's fine. So I finished out the year. I still haven't played a tournament. Yeah. So I've been at UCLA two years, red shirt one, first, no tournament. Yeah. So then I go in to have my meeting with my coach and uh, it's not Eddie Marins. Remember he retired. So I go into yep. my meeting and he says, he says, Ted, you'll never play at UCLA and you're not worth a golf scholarship and you need to transfer. Um, wow. So it's pretty, pretty rough um, yeah. punch in the stomach. And I was pretty emotional about it. And, and basically, he said that if you come back to the team, you're going to have to try out with the normal walk-ons. So mm -hmm. this is the turning point for me. So I was distraught. I was crying, the whole thing. It was emotional. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I told him, I said, listen, I played like, you know, crap, basically, for that year. But I'm a better player than that. I deserve more, you know, another opportunity. He said, no. So anyway, I go to my dad. 
and I say, mm-hmm. dad, you know, I'm out of here. He doesn't yeah. believe in me. He doesn't want me. And my dad's like, time out. He's like, he's like, Ted, do you love UCLA? I said, I love it. He said, okay, great. Do you love golf? And I said, I do. He said, well, you got to change what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It's not him that gets to define what you do. You got to change everything you're doing. You got to think, start thinking better. You got to start doing all the things that you can control that are going to make you the player you know you were and are. Yeah. And so the light bulb just went off, Mike. So mm-hmm. at that moment, I had three months basically to get ready for this tryout because I was not guaranteed a spot on the team and he was going to take my scholarship away if I didn't get the team. Yeah. So I literally started just working out like a fiend. And again, this was my own. I started running, jumping rope, stretching, using the breathing stuff I got from my psychologist guy. And I just started immersing myself in, in mental health, really. Yeah. Uh, at that time, it wasn't as prominent as it is now. Now it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess you could say I was going through, I was depressed in terms of my game and, and I was down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just used fitness as a key component of that every day. It's something I could control, Mike, because of golf yeah. at that time, my game still wasn't where I needed it to be. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if I went through my, if I went through my day and I look back on my habits, even if I shot 78, yeah, but Hey, I, I ran four miles. I did a hundred pushups. I did a hundred sit-ups. I ate a good, I was, I had a good diet. That yeah. was something super tangible. Totally. That could help me build some confidence. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was really, I, I have to say, you know, when you, when you talk about fitness and, and doing that, I was like, gosh, it really was a huge part. Obviously my thought process, I really worked hard on my mental game and that became a strength of mine. But being able to look back on my day and be like, gosh, I've got something I can really feel good about. Even if my golf stunk, you know, yeah. um, like, gosh, I did something to get better. And I think that's what I would tell people out there, you know, you know, in whatever phase you are in your life, whether you're a, an athlete, you know, uh, just a, a person that wants to get and feel better about themselves. You know, fitness yeah. can be such a huge emotional boost and co- boost of confidence for you. Um, that uh, and and it's great because you can start and you can get you can go take a walk and sometimes it's tough. I don't mm-hmm. oh, I don't feel like running day, but when you're done, you always feel better. Always, so, yeah. So, so anyway, I started doing that and uh, that became a core component of of who I was in college. Uh, being fit, being mentally, being super positive, worked on mm-hmm. my self talk, and eventually, long story short, I went back and I made the made the team through the tryout, and then ended up. Uh, you know, eventually being the team captain, uh, number one man and second team all pack 12 my senior year um, and was, you know, had a heck of an experience. It was unbelievable. And and there was a big turning point that time when when my mm-hmm. dad asked me those two questions. I got to give my dad and my mom just a tremendous sense of uh, respect and gratefulness for them really understanding and letting me know that, hey, you have to change if you want something in your life, you know, you can change it, but you have to make that conscious decision. And so it was up to me and obviously had a lot of support and, and, and people around me to help make that happen. But, yeah. but you know, when you can set your mind to something and, and, and don't worry about what anybody else thinks or says, it can be very powerful. Totally. I, I absolutely love that. And I think, you know, you talk about kind of the mental side of it. It's, you know, in golf and in golf, especially, but in any sport, you know, you have to not only be physically strong, you have to not only be competing in the weight room, the training room, whatever you want to call it, but you also have to be 
strong up here because, you know, that's what allows everything that you've done in, in a weight room, in a, in a training room, and, you know, out on the field. Like that is what allows all of that to come together is by being mentally stronger and, and mentally tougher. It, it, it really does. And in life too, right? I mean, exactly, and again, yeah. that, goes back, that goes back to your initial question about how I got introduced to the game. And I think my dad, you know, he played all kinds of sports, football in college, and he realized golf, how mental it is and how, how you have to adapt and how you have to adjust and how you have to let go of the past and how you can't be future thinking all the time. You have to be in the moment. Yeah. And that's something that I continue to work on my to this day, every day, you know, just trying to be in the moment as much as possible. Um, and that's a mental, that's a mental training. It's a mental habit because it's so easy in our lives to, to think about what has already happened that we don't like or, or worry about what might happen in the future and, and working and making a habit of, and I love this quote that I got from Nick Saban is being mm. where your feet are. Um, yeah. You know, not that he gave, I just heard him say that quote. And, and that's like, you know, one shot at a time, being in the moment, all those, there's so many different ways to look at it, but to really embrace that mental aspect of that is being truly being present. Yeah. Um, is a really cool, cool practice to try to get into. Totally. And, and I want to kind of talk about that in, in the context of coaching, because I also want to hit on road to college golf, which is just, you know, kind of an extension of all the cool stuff you've done, but, but real quick on the coaching was that, you know, I, the coaching golf as a whole is it's not like coaching a baseball team where, you know, you're able to, you know, say like, Hey, you're going to lay down a bunt here, steal right, second, right. or it's, you're not right. definitely, you're not calling in plays from, right. you know, from the cart path, you know, how was teaching, how was coaching golf? You know, how was that different for you? What was that experience like? And, and what things did you bring in, you know, from college specifically, you know, to coach your golfers? Yeah. You know, one of the things I, I, I always tried to do, and I think this, this, I know it came from my, my dad is he was incredible. Mike at just trying to connect with people. And yeah. I think as a coach and somebody that's trying to move somebody in a positive direction and somebody's just trying to help them get further than they think they can get. Um, I think you have to connect with them first and you have to connect with them on a real level. You can't talk over them. You can't talk under them. Um, they're your, you know, you're still the coach, right? But you're really trying to understand who they are, what they're about, and also let them know that, hey, I'm a human being too. And I've yeah. gone through these kind of challenges and these experiences. So I absolutely took my experience why I coached because I, I went through such a debacle in college where I was quit the game. Mm -hmm. And I was had zero confidence to where I was, you know, got to be a, a very highly competitive player at the division one level and all the way in between. So, you know, I took those experiences. And that's, that was the reason I got into it. Because I'm like, you know, I can help people. I've been there, I can relate to them. I can understand and empathize with them. And I think part of for me, for me, yeah. part of coaching was like, re looking at my dad and how he coached me. And like, he was real to me, you know, I'm not BSing mm -hmm. you. I'm like, I'm in, I'm in the, I'm in the, the foxhole with you here. And that's yeah. why I worked out with them. And that's why I was, I was vulnerable at times with them and being honest with them about how I felt when I played. And I felt that was a window into connecting with them. Cause if they don't believe in you and they don't believe that you have their best interest in mind, mm -hmm. forget it. Yeah. You're not going to help people get better. Mm -hmm. And, and to me, that was as that was even more fun. The golf part, Hey, you know, how are you playing this hole? And, here's another type of shot you can hit. 
yeah. hey, I kind of I like this decision you made here. That's that's good stuff that certainly I did and I utilized from my experience as a college player and a professional. But to me, getting back to the emotional part and the mental part, that was that was a, a, an area that I really felt could be grown quickly yeah. or there was a lot of room for growth, I should say. So I worked super hard on, on that aspect, on getting these guys together, on making the culture of the team stronger, making them know that we were there for each other. It was going to be competitive. There's no mm -hmm. doubt. I wanted to make it as competitive as possible. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, that, that's something that as a coach that, that I loved to do. I love to connect. And I got to tell you, yeah, I, that, that, the one thing I miss mm -hmm. is being on an athletic campus, um, being in that environment with other like-minded people that are motivated, yeah. both coaching, administration, and students that are, I mean, it's such a cool vibe. It's like, yeah. you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's special and unique. Awesome. And I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think, you know, like you said, the, the culture and I think the competitiveness, you know, are, are two of the, you know, the, you know, great factors and, and great things that really bring teams together. And, you know, you kind of pointed out how it started from everything in the weight room. We're like, Hey, we're going to compete, you know, when we train, we're going to compete on the course, but we're also going to, you know, compete mentally and we're going to be mentally tough. And a culture of that, I think is just something that is, it's incredibly strong and um, you know, it, it works very well. Yeah. I mean, I think you, I think you have to, you know, you have to have, you have to have that to me, the best teams that, that I've been on or, or associated with, or whether it's the last dance you're watching, the, yeah. you know, or whatever you, these special teams they have and they compete against it and they can fight. It's like a family, you know, they yeah. can fight and they can air out their grievances. And, and that's really what I try to create is I try to create this big family of like, I don't, I, we had, you know, times when, you know, we'd sit around and air your grievances, what's going on. Let's figure this out. You know, it's not mm -hmm. perfect all the time. And, and, and the other thing is they're not always going to agree with me and that's okay. Um, yeah. But just understand that I'm going to have the, the best interest of the team in mind. And, and those dynamics are, are good to talk about. I think, you know, the teams that don't talk about those things or the kid or the teams that kids aren't allowed to kind of express and voice their opinion on different things and in the right way, obviously, Yeah. you know, I don't, I don't think they're going to reach their, their maximum potential. So something I enjoyed because the other part of it is you've got this, it's an interesting dy dy dynamics because you've got this team culture you're trying to create mm -hmm. and, you, and you want certain standards and rituals about the team. And then obviously individually, everybody is motivated. Some need the carrot and some need the stick, right? Some exactly. need to yeah. be, hey, let's go. You got to, you know, and some respond to that like, hey, you, you know, you got to step it up in this area uh, or others need, hey, you know, here's the carrot out here. So yeah. That was challenging. It's it's quite honestly, it's very similar to parenting because mm -hmm. each each child is different. Uh, and I and I honestly, I want to touch on that because I think yeah, you know, in my business, transitioning if I could go for it. Um, you know, for for Road to College Golf, basically, I I assist high school age junior golfers and their families navigate junior golf and the college process. Um, and mentor them and mentor them to understand where they're at in their games, where they're at academically and help them with tournament scheduling and really create a path that potentially could lead to college golf based on their golf and academic ability. It, it comes yeah. down to, I don't, I don't place kids. I don't, this is where you're going to go. It's 
you're going to go where you're able to because of your grades and your F and your golf. I'm just going to help navigate you to understand what all the options look like based on those things, Mm -hmm. how you communicate with coaches, all those things. So I'm, I'm very involved in a a mentorship role. So my point in, in that is that being a parent now of a freshman in college, a senior in high school and a sixth grader, it's really the last, so I've done this 14 years in in my business. It's being a parent has really helped me even grow, grow myself as an even better mentor, having had two teenagers go through those years and those, those challenges and ebbs and flows. And so it's really gratifying to work with these kids and families at such a pivotal time and try to share the experiences I had in college and try to share the experiences I had as a coach and mm-hmm. give them, you know, at least more knowledge and, and a better foundation to kind of take things on as they navigate their way to college. Nice. Well, I, I want to, I want to talk more to college golf again. You're reading my mind, that transition, that was, that was super perfect. So I appreciate, no I appreciate you doing that. And, <laughs> no and I want to, I want to talk about kind of road to college golf and, and all of the great stuff you're doing. Like you said, you, kind of mentor and guide these, you know, high school age junior golfers. When you're starting that process with someone, you know, what are the different things you're looking at is, you know, do you go right Mm -hmm. towards on course performance? Do you go right to mental strength? Do you go right to fitness? Is it a combination of those three? You know, how does that start? And and what are some of the first things you're telling these, you know, these young golfers? Yeah, great, great, great question. So, you know, the first thing I do with any client, potential client, I'll, I'll speak to them on the phone. I'll have them do a questionnaire. So I'll get a sense of who their instructor, are they on a fitness program? Yeah. You know, what's their GPA? So I'll get something on paper, right? So totally. that's the first kind of first step of taking an inventory. I'll look them up on junior golf scoreboard, which has all the junior golf scores. And so I'll kind of take, I'll get a little snapshot of where I think they're at, how long they've yeah. been playing all that. Then I'll have a conversation with the family over mm-hmm. the phone, get a little bit more in depth, ask them questions about specifics of how often they're practicing and those kind of things. And those are all things I'll do for anybody, just an initial couple steps. And then if they're really interested in taking the next step, I have an initial assessment and consultation. Mm -hmm. And this is where I start digging in, Mike, to, you know, where they're at right now. And that includes, that's an 18 hole assessment on a golf course. So we'll go play 18 holes of golf together. And I have to do that with any client that wants to work with me full time. So if they're from out of state, out of country, mm-hmm. they have to come to see me. When I say out of country, sometimes I'll do, I'll work with kids when they come over for summer tournaments and I'll meet, gotcha. be able to see them. It's not like they're just flying in all the time from out <laughs> of country, but from out of state, you know, certainly they'll come in and we'll spend a day together. I'll go visit with them. Like I just mm-hmm. went to Missouri, your, yeah. your alma mater near very your alma proud, mater. Very yeah. proud. Yeah. And, and I'll play golf with them. And so, for instance, I went out there, I spent two days, I played, uh, actually, I didn't play because my shoulder was bothering me. But anyways, I, I watched him play uh, 36 holes or 27 holes of golf, had a couple meals together. And that that really allows me, Mike, to one, mm-hmm. see their game, obviously, compare mm-hmm. that to what's on paper, compare that to I'm a big goals guy, what are your goals? And yeah. the big thing I always ask them is, do your habits match your goals? I mean, if you can say anything to anybody, mm-hmm that tells you they want to accomplish something. And then you can ask them, are your habits matching that? That's one of the biggest things I'm looking for. I want them and I tell them, listen, be honest with me. Cause unless you're honest with me, I mm-hmm. can't help you integrate the things that are going to help you reach those goals. So you have to be honest with yourself 
And that's what yeah. I had to do. Remember back in my day, I exactly. was being honest. My dad called me out, Ted, you got to figure out, you got to change some things if you want to get better. So it's a starting point to, to, to you getting to where you want to go. So getting to your, your question is I am evaluating all those things when I play golf with them. Are they mm -hmm. fit? Have they had, have they told me they're on a program? Do they need more strength? Do they need more flexibility? You know, what kind of level of instruction are they getting? You know, what is their mental game like? How are they handling themselves on the golf course? Do they look me in the eye? Can they answer my questions? You know, so it's yeah. a, you know, I've done this 14 years and it's just kind of like, it, it's just, it all kind of comes together. And I just, I ask different questions and, and, mm -hmm. and, and, and really try to extract information out of them about what they're doing, what they're trying to achieve, what's important to them. And then help them understand the realities of what college golf's about. So it's an intensive, you know, it's a long day. I do a written summary. Mm -hmm. And then if, if after that, it's a paid fee. If somebody wants to move along further than that, that yeah. fee gets credited to one of my other programs. And then it's a, then it depends on the level of program, but I'm talking to them on a weekly basis. I'm helping them with scheduling, developing a list of schools that might be fits, Mm -hmm. I'm not biased towards any specific school. I'm biased towards the evaluation of where they are golf and academically. Cause the biggest thing that one of the biggest things I bring is that it's hard for a parent to know how good their son or daughter is totally, and, and how that relates to where they might be able to play golf. So I'm very honest and real and say, Hey, these are probably reaches and these are potentials based on what I see and based on paper that yeah. doesn't guarantee anything. It just means this is where I would start based on all my experience and what I see is if I was a coach. Exactly. And, and I point them in that direction and help them understand how to communicate. And, you know, it's a mentorship. I, you know, I don't work with a hundred clients. I work with 30, 30, 35 clients at any one time. And I'm, I'm it's very personal and uh, everybody's a little different and uh, it's fun. It keeps me on my toes because I got 30, 30 different kinds of people and different mm -hmm. levels and, and different needs. And, you know, that's why I try to connect with each of them every week um, yeah. to stay on top of it and stay engaged and have talks, you know, about the things we're talking about, you know, how are mm -hmm. your goals going? How is your day going? Are you, how'd you do this week? Did you, you know, stay true to what you wanted? Okay. You didn't. Okay. Let's make a goal next week. You know, have yeah. you done, you know, what's your tur next tournament coming up? How was your lesson with your instructor? Mm -hmm. Sorry, I'm, I'm babbling, but no, I, I love it you know, these are the things that I'm, I'm trying to help them with, you know, I'm trying to be, it's a personal, I'm, you know, I tell people this all the time, look at hiring me does not guarantee placement. It does not mm -hmm. guarantee scholarship. It does not guarantee that you're going to play college golf. Yep. What I'm going to tell you is I'm going to give you all my experiences. I will tell you there's, there's a, there's, you know, all kinds of levels to college golf that for most, if for somebody that's serious about golf, there's a place that is a potential fit, whether that fits you academically, socially, geographically, all those yeah. things have to come into play because what I'll do is I'll have a client that could play division three golf mm -hmm. and also get into a division one school, but division three golf for them, they, there's no football and there's only, yeah. let's say the school they, that they could play golf has, has 2000 students. Um, they don't want that. And, and mm -hmm. I, and they end up going to a division one school and maybe playing club golf. Yeah. And, and I love that. I'm like, I don't apologize for that at all. That's great because through the process, they found out where, what role they want golf to play in their mm -hmm. life in college. And so some of my clients end up not playing college golf because they want to go to 
Alabama, whatever, and be in a fraternity, have that college experience, but Alabama's golf team's ranked fifth in the country or whatever they are, and they can't play golf there. And so my point is in sharing that is that it's not just about, yes, it's road to college golf, but it's really road to college, road to life. Um, You know, I take great pride in trying to be a good moral compass for these people um, give them information that if I gave it to them 10 years from now, 20 years from now, okay, that's simple, but it's true. And that's, yeah. that's the kind that's what my dad and my mom gave me. And that's what I want to give kids. And that's not as measurable. I know it's not as sexy as, as, Oh, you know, this guy, you know, but it's the, yeah. it's the truth. And that's who totally. I am. And that's, that's the foundation of what my business is about. Well, I, I think, you know, there's a whole lot of great stuff in there. And I, the one that stood out to me is, it's asking the question, do your habits match your goals? Because at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. You know, if you want to go play at a big, you know, division one school and you want to be the top guy, you know, are you going to the range for X amount of hours a day? Are you going to play X amount of hours a day? Are you spending time training? Are you eating correctly? So I'm interested to to hear a little bit more about that. You know, if you're running into someone who is maybe trying to build those habits, you know, they have really lofty goals, but the habits aren't quite matching up you know, what are, what are some things that you found that are, are useful or helpful to, to really try to align those two things? That's, that's, that's fantastic. And that's, that's uh, something I, I work on constantly with kids. And I, I really try to have them take an honest inventory. So we'll go through it. I'm like, look at it. And I'll just tell them, yeah, here's the thing. Here's where your game's at right now. That doesn't mean that's where it's going to stay. Here's where you need to be to yeah. play at this place. Do you think right now your daily habits Let's go mm-hmm. through it. Do you think that really aligns it? Are you the hardest working guy that you know? Are, mm-hmm. you, are you seeing that you're doing the things that are necessary? to? So I'll ask a lot of questions and have yeah. them answer. And if I don't think they're being honest, I will say, you know, I'm not, I'm not hearing, hearing that and seeing that from you. I yeah. think you need to reevaluate that. Let's reevaluate that. Let's make sure that you're being honest in your inventory. So generally, when I say that, and I open mm-hmm. up and I say, listen, and I share my story, they're generally going to open up and say, yeah, you know what, I could probably do more here. You know, mm-hmm. I could probably do more there. And the other thing I tell them is this, Mike, I'm like, look at playing at Alabama does mm-hmm. not define your success. The name of the school yep. and the division does not define the success. What defines yep. your success is how well it fits you. I don't want you to have to apologize for not being the hardest worker golfer because maybe you don't love it that much. Mm-hmm. I don't want, I, I'd rather you be who you really are going to be. Yeah. And then let's find if there's an environment more conducive or more parallel to mm-hmm. what your habits are and what your commitment is. So those are the kind of things that sometimes come from those conversations, Mike, is that, Hey, this person really isn't probably doesn't want to have, golf be a job in college. And there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. I mean, there's yeah. nothing wrong. I love division three golf. In fact, because you can go take a semester abroad, you can have be in a fraternity a little bit more easily. You can have a social life. You know, mm-hmm. the coaches will let you go to a lab more easily if you have one in golf practice. So yeah. my point is I'll talk them through that, have open and honest conversations and let them know that, Hey, we're not going to make progress unless we can both be honest with where you're at right now. Mm-hmm. And then also with that, letting them know that they don't have to feel pressure to do that if 
their parent feels that way, or if, or if somebody, if their buddy is going to play division one golf or whatever, I make sure they understand that, listen, you've got to do what's best for you. Yeah. And really try to help them tap in and get honest with that. And once that happens, it's generally a lift, uh, a weight lifted off their shoulders and it, it kind of happens organically where they're like, okay, this, this is really kind of the, the environment that I should start focusing my time on. Yeah. That's I, I, and I, I think it's, just there. First of all, thank you for sharing that. There's just, yeah. you know, so much in there that I, I think you unpacked really well. And, and like you said, it's about taking an honest inventory of, of what are you doing? And, you know, it just, it, it goes back to what you said of, you know, it's more than just road to college golf. It's, it's road to life and being able to develop strong habits, you know, to match your goals. is not something that, you know, ends when you walk off 18 green, it's something that this is, that's a lifelong thing. And, and that's a lifelong athlete thing as well. It's, you know, whether I'm, it, going to the range as someone who's just picked up golf or going to the gym to play pickup or, you know, stepping up on the first tee in a national championship, you know, that's something that translates no matter where you are, no matter who you are. Man, per perfectly said, you know, and I, and I have to say that just recently uh, from my own personal experience, we, we talk about fitness again, you know, I'd gone through a time where I, I was getting lazy mm -hmm. um, with my own fitness stuff. And yeah. about six weeks ago, I had a, you know, went to the doctor and he's like, you know, you, you got to step it up a little bit, Ted. You're, you're, you're slacking a little bit. Um, your cholesterol's a little high and, you know, you're, you, yeah. you know, gained a little weight. And, and I got to tell you, you know, I'm so glad he called me out, honestly, mm -hmm. because my habits were not aligned with where I wanted to be fitness wise. And I left that appointment and I've completely changed my habits. I've lost 15 nice. pounds and, and, and I'm, I'm like, Every day I'm taking walks, I'm doing. So it's funny, we're having yeah. this conversation. It's tied into fitness. Mm -hmm. I went through this cycle and, I, and I've actually gone through the cycle again with my fitness. And I feel it's been such a daily thing with my diet and, mm -hmm. and working out. And it's, it's amazing. But getting back to your point, it's on all aspects. Here I am 50 years old and I still have to check myself. Yep. Um, and like, okay, in that aspect of my life, I need to step it up. And my habits needed to change. And so I changed them and it feels awesome. And that's, mm -hmm. again, it goes back to anything that you do in your life. If you, if you're honest enough with yourself and the bottom line is I was just ignoring the obvious and, yeah. and I had to get real. And anyway, um, it can be applied to anything in your life and it's a very powerful thing. And it's a, it's a saying I, I love. And, um, that really is true to, to all aspects of, uh, all types of uh, activities in life, jobs, everything, relationships, everything. Yeah, 100%. Well, I got one more question, then we're going to get to the rapid fire, which I'm, I'm excited sure. for this rapid fire with you. Okay. And this is a question I, if I didn't ask it, I, I think a lot of people would just be scratching their heads. You know, I got to give you credit. You're one of your big kind of early, really cool claim to fame stories is you did go up against a golfer by the name of Tiger Woods um, <laughs> in the USAM. You, you took him to, I believe it was 19 holes, right? Mm -hmm. in a playoff 19, holes. 19 right. holes just real quick you know since you know tiger was a big golf fitness guy and, and you talked yeah. about tiger proofing stuff how did playing against him and, and really going toe-to-toe -to -toe with someone like that affect you as an athlete as a as a coach in your role now have you taken anything from that and, and now brought it forward into you know kind yeah. of your your coaching golf mentoring life well i can tell you it would have been a better story if i would have won <laughs> It would have. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I take from that. You know, it's, um, you know, I have to say it was, it's, it's really neat 
now mm-hmm. to be able to, it's just kind of a fun anecdotal thing. Yeah. Um, we did it at Mirfield village. Um, he was younger. So make sure the audience understands that I'm five yep. or six years older than tiger at the time I was in college. He was uh, 16 years old. He had won two U.S. juniors, so he was a, definitely okay. a formidable. He was the top junior in the country and well-spoken of and well-talked about and amazing player. Um, and, you know, it was neat. It was exciting. The one little quick story I'll tell you, we're at yeah. – we're having dinner at my, my – we just happened to have – my dad had a friend that lived at Mirfield Village. We were staying with him. We were having a barbecue. My mom called to get the tea time and who I was playing because back then no cell phones, so she called the pro shop. Mm-hmm. And she said, Ted Gleason, who's he playing? What's his time? She started smiling. She hung up the phone. And I literally just said, I'm playing Tiger. And she's like, yes, you are. So that was something <laughs> that we laugh about to this day. But, but the match itself, real quick, you know, I was two down uh, going into 14, which is that short par four. Um, rain came. Lightning came. They postponed it to the next day. Mm-hmm. I went out the next day, um, won 14, 15, and 16. Wow. I went one up, one up going into 17. I, I choked on 17. This let's call it way it is. I hit it out of bounds right. I should have hit three wood. It's a left to right wind. I'm a fader. I should not have hit driver. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a mistake. And I gave him the hole. Uh, 18, I lipped out. Uh, just went over the lip for birdie. He made a four footer for par to take it into extra holes. Yeah. And then he made a 35 footer, uh, 35 footer to win it and did his fist pump. And, you know, what do I take out of that? I mean, one heck of an experience, a neat memory mm-hmm. that I can share. Um, and, and, and probably an awe of he was 16 and, and, and how far he hit it. And also the thing, the biggest thing I take out now watching his career from obviously yeah. afar, he's not a friend. I don't talk to him or anything like that. He was this skinny little kid mm-hmm. and he was skinny. He was not fit uh, in yeah. terms of, you know, he wasn't strong. I shouldn't say yeah. And he just, he was wiry. He, he swung longer swing, a lot mm-hmm. of hands. He killed it, but he was very uh, inaccurate. Yeah. And so what, what I take about that from that is that there is, talent is overrated. That's what I take mm-hmm. from it. That's a famous book that everybody yeah. should read. It's about deliberate practice. It's about becoming an expert at something. And what mm-hmm. I take from that is Tiger, yes, he was very blessed. Yeah. But at every level he's been to, Mike, he's mm-hmm. found ways to get better. And mm-hmm. you can't do that without being honest with yourself and that, without really digging in, as we've talked about, the theme, yeah. habits match your goals. And what's so impressive about Tiger is that he's continually challenging himself and finding ways to get better. And now it's different because of his injuries, right? He's got to do it mm-hmm. differently. He can't, you know, there's been articles about him. He can't practice as much. So I see this skinny skinny kid that bombs it and then he kept developing his swing you know he went to harmony and he, and he yep. got really tight he started controlling his trajectories and his distances because before that he did an eight iron 200 or an eight iron 160 and you know so yeah he found ways to improve and then he brought in the fitness to where he was using his body for more strength and then mm-hmm. uh, you know so I think it's amazing I got out of it that you know here's a guy that when he was 16 I see a lot of kids like that he made yeah. himself he made himself mentally, physically, emotionally, technically better. Yep. And obviously he's super gifted, but he was able to improve. And that's something for everybody that's listening is this is called, it's either the fixed mindset or growth mindset. Yep. And there's another book, book called Mindset by Carol Dweck. 
Mm -hmm. And you could tell that Tiger is one of those growth mindset people, meaning that Mm -hmm. some kids will say, I'm not good at math versus I'm learning how to get better at math. And I can get better and you can get better at anything. And that's what I took from Tiger is that he got better at everything and he just Mm -hmm. didn't stop getting better at everything. And he just took it to a level that nobody else ever took it to. And that he got better at at every aspect, mental, physical, emotional, technical that he possibly could. And he was willing to go at great lengths and that's not easy to do. That's why there's one Tiger Woods. Yep. Well, I, I absolutely love that. And now I'm, like I said, I've been, I've been circling this interview on the calendar for a little bit, but I, but mostly because I'm interested to hear kind of your thoughts to this, to this rapid fire. So it's going to be five questions. Um, and we're just going to jump right in if you're okay with that. Love it. Go for it. Okay. So it's you and you can pick three other people to go golfing with you. Who are you picking and and where are you going to go play? Hmm. I'm going to pick my dad. Number one. Love it. Um, I got to pick my dad. And then as far as other people, Steve jobs would be another one. I'm fascinated by Steve jobs, um, and what he's done. Um, and, uh, I'll take Mr. Marins with me. Uh, that's an, that is an, okay. That's the first time we've asked that. And I think that's a, right now that's a leader in the clubhouse by far. <laughs> I don't know if you can ever come close to that. That's a really great uh, answer. Okay. So this next one, you've just gotten done with a round. What's your, what's your go-to post round meal? What are you doing? What are you ordering at the clubhouse? Are you going somewhere different? What's the I'm vibe? Gonna, I'm going to tell you where I'm going to, where we played though. First, we're going to go to Royal County oh, yeah. down in Ireland. Okay. I played Royal County down, Royal County down. I played it one time and it's oftentimes ranked number one in the world, two in the world, whatever it's, it was amazing. So I'm going there. Plus I'm from my great grandfather was from Ireland and uh, I want to go back to my Irish roots. So on that note, if I'm in Ireland, you know, I got to have some, uh, I got to have some shepherd's pie and I'm going to have a Guinness. So there you go. That's excellent. That's excellent. I love that. I love that. Okay. So this next one, we, we, we asked this to a lot of kind of trainers, coaches, people like that. If you weren't, you know, a golf coach, you know, in your, your coach role right now with road to college golf, what would you be doing if you weren't doing that? Wow. That's a great question. Um, I'd be, I'd be dealing with helping people. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I love to, I love to try to help people get better at something and see more of themselves because I had people in my life that helped me through that when I didn't feel that way. And yeah. so I think I, I would have to be, I, I would, I would teach, you know, be a teacher at a school, um, coach, coach, coach a sport at a school, whether it's basketball or golf. Um, mm-hmm. I think teachers are underappreciated and I think there's so much value. I had some great teachers in my time and uh, plus you get summers off. So that would be fun. That's not bad at all. That's not bad at all. Okay. So this next one, uh, again, another one we've asked to a lot of different trainers, coaches, athletes, we've got a lot of different answers. What is your favorite exercise or movement? Great question. I love planks. planks. Um, you know, I just, plank is something that I, I just, I really like, I could do it anytime. I could take breaks. I can do them. It's an overall body workout. I don't need any equipment. Um, and it's, it's awesome. Uh, I do like the band stuff and all that, mm-hmm. you know, and, stuff where I can, I can pull things. Um, but if I'm just at home, I got nothing. I just love the planks. I, that's a great one. It's a, Hey, it's an oldie, but it's a goodie. I mean, that's what it's it is. A goodie. It's a basic one. It is. I love it. Okay. So this last one, you know, anchor, we're all about, you know, getting stronger no matter what, whether that's, you know, adversity in life, whether those are, you know, spatial limitations, physical limitations, it's, it's all about getting stronger. And the one thing we ask all of our guests to wrap up the rapid fire and to wrap up the, the interview is what gives you strength? 
my faith, um, just my faith in, uh, in, in, in God, my faith in things happen for a reason, my faith in my family, my wife. Um, and the other thing is gratefulness. You know, my faith in just being grateful, I think that gives me strength knowing that I'm a very blessed person um, and very grateful. And I think it's easy in, in life when you're dealing with adversities and look at we're in a pandemic right now. And I think that being grateful is a, is a way to center yourself and uh, focus on, on the blessings you have and not what's negative in the world. So that gives me a lot of strength as well. That is an exceptional answer and just an incredible way to, to wrap up this interview and and Ted, I, I can't say thank you enough. I mean, there's just, there's so much great stuff that you've shared, great stories, great tips that I, I think anyone who's listening is, is really going to get a lot of value out of. So I'm, you know, I'm incredibly well, grateful for your time and, and for appearing on here. And we're looking forward to, to having you on again. And real quick, before we go, is there any way, is there any place you want us to follow you on social media? I want to give you a chance to kind of shout yourself out here. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish I should be better on social media. I have an account, uh, Instagram account, Ted, I think it's Ted underscore Gleason. Uh, I encourage people to check out my website, road to to college golf.com. Cause I have my, I have my I have other podcasts on there. I'll put this one on there as well. I have my match, my last couple holes with tigers on my website. It's, it's a nice piece for people to go and learn more about me and my business. That would be great. And and before I sign off, I, I just want to say, Mike, you know, I've known, you know, I met your dad when I was in college and obviously your mom, Julie, and, and, your, mm-hmm. and, your, and your whole family. And you guys are truly one of the best families that I've ever met. You're great Thank friends, you. great, great people. You're real people, great values. And I just uh, always love to catch up with any Carlson at any time. <laughs> and and uh, I love you guys. You guys are awesome. So thanks for having me on, buddy. Thank you, and we're looking forward to having you on again. All right.